June 10th, 2023, Saturday, a special episode of Leaning Toward Wisdom, the podcast. Greetings and welcome inside the Yellow Studio. My name is Randy Cantrell. I'm your host here coming to you from Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas. Inside the Yellow Studio. I don't know what are what are we? I don't even know what version I'm on anymore. I think I'm I think I'm calling this 3.1. I'm pretty sure. Maybe toward the end I'll update you on what's happening over at 4.0, but today is a special episode because today is june 10th and it is my wife's birthday she is the single most important person in my life and has definitely helped me become better and that is the subject of this short special episode people you helped become better I think it was back in the year 2020, Clayton M. Christensen, he passed away. He was 67 years old. He was a Harvard Business School professor. He's He was this management guru. I, I read his stuff. I followed him. He authored books. Uh, one was entitled The Innovator's Dilemma. Another one was How Will You Measure Your Life? Clayton had leukemia. I initially, when I started kind of putting this show together, I was going to take a, a title from a line that he wrote, and it was really taken from a Wall Street Journal article about him. I'll, I'll post up the link to that article. Uh, he was a man of faith. He was a Mormon. And while attending Oxford University, where he also played basketball, uh, he refused to play in a championship basketball game he was six foot eight and he wrote had i crossed the line that one time i would have done it over and over in the years that followed he just wasn't going to compromise his faith he believed that in the next life god would likely ask him some things and what he believed is that god would not likely ask him about being a harvard professor but instead God might inquire, can we just talk about the individual people you helped become better people? And I thought it's a, it was a great line, and it's a line that since I first read it however many years ago kind of stuck with me. I opted not to do it because, well, you know, with the Internet being what it is and clickbait being what it is, and you got to worry about length of titles and all that, but it's a great question. Can we just talk about the individual people that you helped become better people? The first thought that I had when I first read that, and that book, uh, How Will You Measure Your Life, was 2012, I'm pretty sure. And that book really spoke to how this was a man who was driven, even though he was a Harvard Business School professor and a management, he was driven more by faith than he was business. And evidently he believed helping other people was a large component of living a good life. And so I thought, well, that, that needs to be, that's a worthwhile topic. 
Now, my thought didn't immediately go to, okay, who are the individual people as though I could catalog the people that maybe I have individually helped. I hope I have helped some. I hope I'm helping you in some small, small way. But, of course, I began to think of the people who helped me become better. And I thought, okay, what better time to talk about this than on the date of my wife's birth, she being the single most important person in my life and the person who definitely has helped me become better. I hope I've reciprocated. I'm not sure it's a fair deal. I'm rather certain that I got the better end of that bargain. So happy birthday to Rhonda today. I love her very much, and she knows this. But let's talk about and let's think about just for a few minutes here people you helped become better. And yes, simultaneously, let's think about these people who have helped us become better. And let's, can we demonstrate some gratitude toward these people? First and foremost, I would say in that latter category, if these people are still alive, don't collect $200, don't pass go immediately reach out. I don't care if it's a phone call, a text, an email, reach out and let these people know. Just let them know, let them know what you feel like they've done for you. Just let them know, let them know, let them know, let them know. I am pleased to say that those people who I knew my life has been made better by people like Clayton Christensen. I didn't know this man. I read his work. I followed his stuff and he had some influence in helping me become better. I was never able to tell him that, but I'm talking about these people that you know, and people that know you let them know, let them know, express your gratitude. Come on. It's the least we can do and do it before there is no time to do it. So when we think about the people that we may help become better, I think for most of us, it does begin with, okay, how am, how am I made better? This is both a good thing and a problem. It's a good thing in the sense that it causes us to think about how we can be helpful to other people, but it can also jade us to believe that the way that we are helped is the way that anybody and everybody else can be helped. And it just simply isn't true. I have talked about this before. We, we tend to be selfish in our service. I'm not judging intentions, all good intentions being in place. We tend to want to help people in a way that we most think would be helpful looking at it through our viewpoint, rarely looking at it through their viewpoint case in point. And I've used this as an illustration before, but it's the best one that I've got because, well, as always, it's easy for me to pick on myself. I'm a very, um, (laughs) No, I'm not going to say odd, weird, or although probably those are true. I've said before, I've talked ad nauseum about my introversion and what that looks like. And while that does not look like shyness, bashfulness, backwardness, antisocial, it can look like any of those things, but it mostly does not. It just mostly is. I'm pretty comfortable being by myself. And if I'm around a big group of people for any extended period of time, 
I have got to have time to re- recover from that. It's just exhausting. Whereas the extroverts among us, they are energized by that, that activity. And they may be de-energized. They may be exhausted by being alone too much. I I think it's largely how we're wired. I I didn't do anything to accelerate or to, uh, to make this part of who I am. I I, I didn't study this. I didn't make up my mind that, okay, this is how I'm going to roll. This is just my kind of my natural default behavior. And I think we've all got that knowing that about me, you would think would give people some cues. So I've got a lot of friends. In fact, I've got a co-host at a podcast, hsvinsideout.com. He's an extrovert in every stereotypical way. And when I think about serving him, I can't think about myself. I have to intentionally think about, okay, How's he going to respond? How's, how's this going to be helpful to him? Will this be helpful to him? Because what would be best for me in a certain circumstance would probably be just the opposite of what would be helpful for him. But as we go around trying to influence one another, even trying to help one another to serve one another, it's really, really difficult. I think for us to look at it through the lens of the other person. Because largely, we frankly are compelled to do things that will make us feel better about ourselves. Come on, it's a natural human behavior. Somebody's going through something horrific. We want to reach out. We, we want to be of service to them. All of the best intentions. No judgment on that. And so we do something for them that we think will be helpful. But that thing that we do for them that we think will be helpful may not be helpful but it makes us feel better. It makes us feel like we've done something, you know, classic case, uh, people taking food, people taking stuff to, to try to help somebody that's going through some difficult time. So you take food to them, whatever, and that could be helpful to some people, uh, that could on other people that could feel burdensome that could feel they could, they could be made to feel bad that, you've gone out of your way to do this thing for them. And now you've added to their burden. That was not your intention, but that's their lens. Now, a lot of this, it's really difficult, if not impossible to get it all right, because you're living through your eyes, 24, seven, 365. You're not living through their eyes. And so the way they see it and the way you see it, man, how in the world can you possibly know? I'm not advocating that we get it a hundred percent, right? I'm only advocating that in my life, I feel like I need to think more about, okay, what do I know about them? What do I know about how they're naturally wired and what might be in their best service? How can I help them become better? Not in a way that suits me, but in a way that suits them. I mean, is, is that too bizarre? Uh, Maybe it is. Maybe it is. I don't know. My wife and I are very different people, and yet we share a ton of things in common, none of the least of which is we are both comfortable being alone. 
and we are comfortable. She's comfortable being in her space doing, you know, kind of doing her things. And I'm comfortable being in the yellow studio and kind of doing my thing. And I'm going to get up, I'm going to go check. Uh, I, you know, I want to, I want to see her. I want to, you know, I want to put my arms around her and, but, but then we're good. I know other people where they really want to be under arm. They, they just want to be right beside each other all the time. And for me and Rhonda, that would drive both of us out of our minds. Now, if she were bent that way, I would hope that I could be somewhat accommodating to that. But I will tell you that I hearken back to our dating days and I did date some people who were kind of wired that way. And it was, it was just off putting. I just, I'm like, I just couldn't, I couldn't handle it. I just couldn't handle it. And so that, that balance between showing somebody enough attention, enough affection, and then giving them enough space is something that Rhonda and I kind of naturally more, more often than not, not all the time, but more often than not, I would say we, we kind of find that balance and it works but it works because we're similar, similarly wired. So when we're talking about people helping people, when we're talking about us helping people get better, and we're talking about people who've helped us get better, I have learned it in my own life. As I think about the people who have helped me get better, why, why have some been more effective at that than others? Clearly much of it has to do with my love and respect for the person. It starts there. The more I trusted them, the more I loved them, the more they were able to help. In addition to that, the more they were able to do this thing for me in a way that connected with me, resonated with me and best served me through my eyes, the better. And I think of these people, many of whom have passed on who did that for me. And they did that for me because they understood that a They loved and they cared about me. They wanted my best. That's paramount. And B, they did it in a way where they understood the nuances. They understood me well enough. They understood my personality and the way I roll well enough to understand, to do it in a way that really made a difference, really connected. I'm trying to learn that. I'm I'm, I'm increasingly trying to make myself aware of instead of just jumping to serve or jumping to try to help somebody. And we're talking about kind of two, I'm, I'm morphing two different things. I I understand that serving people and then helping people become better, but aren't they kind of sort of the same thing? I mean, take that person who's grieving over the death of a loved one. We want to do something. We want to help them become better. We want to help them through this turmoil. We, are we trying to help them become some better person in character. No, but we are trying to help them better. We're trying to help them become better through this ordeal that they're going through. I know it's two completely different kinds of things, but I still think we can still measure our life in the impact that we can have on somebody when we put in context that we are trying to serve them. And in serving them, there's no question we're serving ourselves. And no, there's no question 
that when we do good for other people, it makes us feel good about ourselves. And I think that's all great and wonderful. And that's as it should be, but it's all those other little details. It's that how we go about it to do things in a way that might not be helpful for them, but we feel pretty good about ourselves. I can be a, a person who gets very introspective and especially when I'm going through something difficult, I can get even more quiet and anybody that from my viewpoint, this is strictly from my viewpoint, anybody that's got a brain in their head and is paying any kind of attention at all, which I freely will tell you, most people don't. That's my judgment. I could be wrong, but it's my experience. People just aren't that in tune with how other people are and often don't get it right. So I'm quiet. I'm introspective. And if somebody comes up and they think, well, the way to serve me is to chat me up wrong, <laughs> wrong, wrong, wrong. You know, I mean, I, I I'm sending out every vibe that I can send out and trust me, I can send those out unspoken, leave me alone, but some don't do it and they're not doing it because they're not thinking about what's in my best interest. They're serving themselves. They're not serving me. And guess what? I can do the exact same thing. You can too. All of us can. We get so focused on, we want to do something. We want to help. So I'm not judging again. I'm not judging the motives as being dishonorable. I'm just saying that we, we get so fixated on, oh, well, I need to do something. Newsflash, sometimes you don't need to be the one to do anything. Sometimes you just need to back up and let somebody else do it. I think of the people that helped me become better, and these are people who were irreplaceable for me. These are people who could do for me what nobody else could do. And then I think of other people who may have tried, and some who've tried a little too hard. They're just not the right people, right? I mean, for whatever reason, they just aren't the right people. I just don't have the connection. I don't have the relationship. I don't have the trust. Uh, I, I don't have the openness. It's just the dynamic is completely different because of that. And I think we've got to take that into account. How will you measure your life? I'm not saying that the measurement of your life will be about the individual people that you helped become better. I think that's part of it. But you know me, man of faith, and there's a lot more to it than that. The biggest difference is how willing are we to help ourselves become better and how willing are we to let God help us become better? Are we willing to do that? Are we willing to submit and surrender to please God the creator? Many of us aren't, and all of us have moments where there are times, yeah, no, think I'm going to do what I want to do. Yeah, that's called sin. So there is that. I would recommend Mr. Christensen's book, How Will You Measure Your Life? It, it It's a worthwhile delve into the question. You can come up with your own answers. But I did think about his viewpoint of the people that he had helped become better and what that might look like. And so, I don't know, it's not a bad, not a bad thing for a Saturday, I don't suppose, or whenever you're happening to listen to this, for us to give some consideration to the people that we are helping become better and to think about how we're doing that. And are we putting their interests 
maybe even ahead of our own? Are we really wanting to help them become better or are we just trying to maybe satisfy whatever yearnings we're having so that we can feel better about ourselves because of some circumstance they may be going through? I don't have the answers. Well, I got some, but I've got way more questions. The great thing about the world that we're living in today with podcasting and video casting and our ability to write, put words on a virtual page, our ability to communicate and connect and to share ideas and to create thoughts and ideas and to put them out in the universe sometimes you you got no way of knowing who you're helping or if you're helping and then occasionally out of the blue you get a long email from somebody and they tell you how long they've listened to you or they've followed you and that you're making a difference And it kind of changes everything. And then you kind of revert back and kind of forget. And then maybe it happens again. It's great. It's great that we don't have to get permission to put our thoughts and ideas and cares and concerns out there to the world. We can just, if we want to do it, we can do it. And Maybe unfortunately for you or for me, I've been, I've been doing it for a long, long time now. It was the genesis behind leaning toward wisdom and it continues to be the focal point. Modern tales of an ancient pursuit, that pursuit being, let's see if we can get it right in real time. That's my definition of wisdom. Can we do the right thing and can we do it in real time? easy to look back and say man I wish I'd have done this and I wish I'd have done that and we've all done it and we're going to keep doing it because we're human and we make mistakes but the last time I checked humans helping humans it's a pretty big work and it's a tall tall task but I think we're up for it don't you I'm glad you clicked play I hope you are too. Happy birthday to my wife. As we race toward closing out our 45th year together as husband and wife. Somebody asked me the other day, well, how long have you guys been together? I said, well, we started dating when we were the summer that we turned 18. And we have been together ever since. My name is Randy Kentrell. The website is leaningtowardwisdom.com. Greetings and welcome inside the Yellow Studio.